Hey y'all, this is Dick Darren from StraightHustling.com. Are you a hunter or just like to target shoot and have a good time? Then you need to check out Freedom Munitions. You can find a link to Freedom Munitions at the bottom of StraightHustling.com. I can't say enough good stuff about Freedom Munitions. It's where I buy my own ammo, great prices, you buy directly online and it's shipped to your doorstep. It doesn't get any better than that. You can sign up for their email specials and check out their brass buyback program. So please click the link at the bottom of our site, straighthustling.com. Takes you directly to Freedom Munitions and get your hustle on. Let's get on with the show. This is Senator Kerry Roberts for the Straight Hustling Show. Tune in. Looking at myself, looking at myself in the mirror. When the bartender poured me one more shot of whiskey and said, Man, I'll just leave this right here. He set the bottle down, but it was running out. All that's left won't feel this glass. All right, we're back. Straight hustling, Dick, Darren, and Stu. Yeah, it seems like we were doing this just last night. I know, man. Getting covered up. We're gonna have to slow it down. We got too many people trying to come on the straight hustling show. Getting a little crazy. Oh yeah, it's it's great because we're getting such a freaking crazy range of people that want to be on the show. Limited my shooting time. I know. <laughs> who who are we talking to today? We got Senator Kerry Roberts coming on to talk about new laws and what's going on in the Senate. What they're trying to pass, what passed. That'll be kind of cool. We haven't done any senators yet, have we? No, that's the first one. So we've got our virgin senator coming on today. <laughs> Let's get him on here, see what's going on, so we can get out here and shoot some of this freedom munitions. All right. What's going on, Kerry? Hi, Dick. It's Kerry Roberts. Hey, how you doing, Kerry? I got myself and Stu on the phone here. Good morning, Dick. You want to call me back in a minute? Oh, no, no. Me and me and Stu. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Well, it's going to be both so of us. Who else is on the yeah, that, that's, interview? That's me. Okay. He's the silent partner. Uh, <laughs> strong <laughs> silent type, right? <laughs> that's it. So how are you doing this morning? I'm doing quite well. I'm doing quite well. How about you guys? Oh, man, we're doing great. We've been so busy. Just left out of here last night. Probably about Where late. are you? We're, uh, our studio is set up in... Uh, it's a, got an Ashland City address, but it's more towards the Jolton side. So we're right off of uh, New Hope Road. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in uh, I'm in Memphis right now. So. Oh okay. We are on. Excuse me, just a second. Sorry, that was kind of noisy. Uh, I'm in Memphis right now, and we're headed to uh, Arkansas to pick up my son from college. So. Oh, nice. That's our adventure for the day. <laughs> that's a long adventure all the way to Arkansas. You know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's five and a half, six hours, depending on how long you stop, but it's, it's not, ouch, it's, sorry about that, it's not that bad. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I just tried to set up an ironing board in the hotel room and it just fell down on me. <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, it's not that bad, it's really, it's, it's kind of a, it's a nice drive, it's a good chance for, you know, Diane and I to spend some time, we have to spend some time together because we're, uh, you know, we're always going in so many different directions that we don't have an opportunity to do that. So, oh yeah, 
it's it's not that bad. It'd be a good ride to download some of our straight hustling shows and listen to it on the way there. Well, there you go. That's uh, <laughs> that's a very good idea. Uh, shoot. Well, man, we appreciate you coming on. Very cool. Uh, interested in hearing what you had to say. We wanted to kind of talk to you about how long you've been in the state senate and kind of how you got interested in politics and got your start. Well, uh, you know, my start in politics really goes back to, I can tell you, um, exactly kind of that, that moment where I thought, I've got to run for office and I've got to do something. And that was April of 2009. And at that point in time, I was a small business owner. And uh, by way of background, I'm, I'm a CPA by profession. And my, my first small business was to own a, a CPA practice. And then later on, I opened up a bicycle store. And, um, and that led to, um, uh, you know, more bicycle stores. I, I've been kind of a, a small, small business owner and a big small business owner. Yeah. And so in April of 2009, there were rallies on April 15th around courthouse squares in America with people who were just frustrated with the government and frustrated with all the, uh, you know, taxation and all of the, just the stuff that government makes you do. I mean, as a small business owner, you can spend just about all your time worrying about the forms that you have to fill out, all the things you have to be in compliance with. And every time you turn around, the governor's putting a new rule or a new regulation in place. And, and so people gathered on April 15, 2009, and that was really kind of the beginning of, of the Tea Party. Now, at that point, which stood, by the way, for taxed enough already. So at that point, uh, that group of people was really just a bunch of small business owners that were tired of dealing with the government. And I went home after that uh, rally, and, and I went to the one in Springfield, and there was probably 200-some people there. And I went to my wife and told her that I thought I ought to run for office. And, and I think her reply was something along the lines of, well, if you run for office, that will be with your second wife. <laughs> uh, not your first. <laughs> so she was not at all, uh, excited about that prospect. And in fact, she reminded me that, that, uh, prior to getting married, that, that, uh, she, she basically told me in no uncertain terms, don't ever think about becoming, uh, either a preacher or a politician. <laughs> and, um, so over the next few months, uh, and I have a great deal of respect for my wife. She's very wise and, and has, Outstanding counsel. So, so how things going? I, how things going with your second wife now? Uh, no, 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 no. This is so we. So we. No, I wouldn't even. That's not even a. That was never a consideration. So, um, so over the next few months, there were just several events that happened that um, that that finally got to the point where we sat down and, and she said, "You know what? This is something that you need to do, and we need people." Uh, in office who, who have business experience or who have lived a little bit of life and, and can think through the consequence of, uh, the laws that they pass or the rules that they make. And so I ended up running for office with her uh, full support. And so the first race that I ran in was for United States Congress and, uh, which was 
rather ambitious, but <laughs> you know, I didn't know any better. I'd never run for office before, and I wasn't a politician. I didn't know that you had to go for you know, it. this whole concept <laughs> of starting small and then, uh, you know, kind of building a base. So I lost that election that Diane Black won, and that left her state Senate seat vacant. I ran uh, for that seat. I won in a special election, and so I became a member of the Tennessee State Senate, representing originally Sumner County and Robertson County, and then after every 10 years, they have to redraw the lines based on population changes, and the new district uh, is now Robertson, Cheatham, Dixon, Hickman, and Humphreys County. So that's uh, that's the story of how I arrived in the state senate. Cool, cool. That's a that's a cool story. So um, every few years they change the district lines and stuff. How does that go? Who decides that? Is that well, voted on? I guess. It, Yes, in Tennessee, um, you know, of course, every 10 years, the census is taken. Yeah. And after those census numbers are reported, then the House districts and the Senate districts and the United States House districts all have to be reapportioned because the populations change. So in Tennessee, we've got 33 state senators. You divide the population of Tennessee by 33. And it's about 200,000. So in other words, the Senate district is supposed to represent about 200,000 people. Well, in the case of my old Senate district, it had grown well beyond that because of the growth of Sumner County. And Cheatham County um, had a similar issue with the growth of Montgomery County. So uh, Robertson and Sumner were together. Cheatham and Montgomery were together. But both districts had grown too large uh, to stay the same. So Robertson and Sumner were separated. Cheatham and Montgomery were separated. And at that point you had, because we're landlocked, uh, Robertson and Cheatham were going to be combined. And the question is, with what? Do you put them with northwest Davidson County, where you have two decidedly rural districts partnered with uh, uh, with an urban district? Or do you put them in with Dixon, uh, Hickman, and, and Humphreys, where they all are, are fairly rural in nature, they all are on the periphery of Nashville. There's a lot of commonalities uh, between these between these counties. And so it might seem kind of odd uh, when people look at the map and they see how big it is. It's 2,500 square miles. But it really did make a lot of sense and it was the best choice. So I, I got moved from Senate District 18 to Senate District 25 by virtue of Robertson County where I live being shifted. And the weird thing about it, and the only thing that caused any controversy whatsoever that made people stop and go, what? <laughs> was that um, with 33 state senators, half of them are up in one election cycle, or more correctly, 16 are up in one election cycle, and 17 are up the next. I was supposed to run in 2012 because that was the Senate district I was in, but I was moved into a Senate district that wasn't up until 2014. So I had to sit out for two years. And, um, you know, what what am I doing? Am I running for re-election because I had never gotten beat? Or was I running as somebody brand new? Or, or you know, what? How do you describe it? Well, it's yeah. kind of a, a situation that doesn't really have precedent. So I kind of thought of it like I'm running for re-election to the Senate. I'm just running in a different district. So um, so it was a lot of work to have to get to know a new district, but we had two years. And when all was said and done, uh, we 
uh, on on election day in November. Just thrilled to win and um, and thrilled to be back in the Tennessee Senate and serving the people in the state of Tennessee. Awesome. What are the uh, what are the hot topics right now that's going on in the Senate, Tennessee? Well, um, our legislative session runs from January, and and this is that's actually a great question because it gives me a chance to explain this. Our legislative session runs from January to about the first of May. Now, traditionally, it's run as late as July, but they've really uh, tried in recent years to to try and be out by around the first of May. It saves the taxpayers a lot of money uh, when they're not having to pay for the legislators to come to Nashville and stay in Nashville. Uh, a typical week for us is we have a Senate session on the Senate floor Monday night. We have uh, committee hearings on Tuesday and Wednesday. We have a Senate session on the Senate floor Thursday morning, and then everybody goes home. And the reason they do it that way is we're all part-time legislators. And, and uh, unless someone is retired or someone's independently wealthy, we all have jobs that we have to go home to and work. So it's designed to get us up there, take care of business, head home, and, and continue to work or farm or what teach or whatever it is that you do. And then we're out hopefully by around the 1st of May, and then we go back to uh, to life as normal. Now, for us, it's not so normal because we have a district that, consist of five counties, so there's always yeah. events to go to uh, and things like that. So all of that to say, we're done with our legislative session for the year, and the hot topics during the legislative session uh, were what to do about Common Core, and uh, the long story short on that was the compromise was reached to have uh, a, a, an organization, a committee put in place to uh, review and rewrite the standards so they're more aligned with Tennessee values. And uh, Ensure Tennessee, which has gotten a tremendous amount of publicity, that was the governor's proposal for Medicaid expansion, um, that was the subject of a special session where it failed and then it failed again in regular session. And then uh, gun bills always get a lot of attention by the press. But it's really interesting. We really don't spend a lot of time talking about gun bills. It's just that the press, uh, you know, if you open up the pages of the Tennessee and they make it sound like that's all we ever talk <laughs> yeah, about. Right. But uh, one of the, yeah, one of the controversial bills was the guns, what's referred to as the guns in parks bill. And um, anybody who's been to a city park knows that there's a sign that generally says, that often says, you know, guns are not allowed in this park. And that was a few years ago, the Tennessee General Assembly. And by the way, it is the General Assembly's responsibility to regulate guns in Tennessee, not not a city government, not a county government. It is the General Assembly's responsibility. And a few in a few years ago, they um, they gave that right to. And by the way, that's a, when I say it's their authority, that's constitutional authority. That's in the Constitution. Um, so a few years ago, they gave the right to the local governments to decide whether or not they want guns in parks. It's been very inconsistently applied, and so, uh, and, and from a crime statistic standpoint, it's rather obvious that criminals were not deterred by the signs. <laughs> it's just a, you know, it's kind of like uh, when a criminal sees a sign that says no guns are allowed. I think what goes for a criminal mind is 
hey, this is a gun-free zone, so happy hunting. You know, people here are not going to be armed, and so I can, uh, you know, I can take advantage of somebody. So we simply remove um, the right of a city or local government to to make them gun-free zones, with the understanding the criminals are already there with guns. So this gives people who legally possess a gun, who've been fingerprinted, who've gone through a background check, who've had to have training, who buys the license and all the other things that go along with that, they can legally have a gun. So a, a lot of hysteria about, you know, there's going to be a little league game and <laughs> going to have a gun and start firing. That's that's ridiculous. That's what great. it means is it means that your wife, your daughter, your mother can can go on the greenway, someone who's elderly and maybe feels like that they um they don't feel safe because they can be taken advantage of. They can slip into their pocket uh, personal protection and they can go enjoy the greenway yeah. and and uh, not have to worry about being mugged or raped or whatever might right. occur on some of these secluded, uh, you know, secluded areas that we have in many of our parks. If we could just get the criminals to play by the same rules and to read the signs, and we would need all these laws. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna tell you, I, I sat in a hearing and my jaw just dropped open because my, my question to a law enforcement officer was, you know, do criminals look at signs and obey signs? I mean, I'm sitting here thinking the definition of a criminal is somebody who doesn't obey the law and, and one of the legislators who, who I, I won't <laughs> name, <laughs> I probably should, but I'm not gonna name him. <laughs> you know, he sat there and he said, he said, no, I disagree completely. He said, I think that, that criminals read a sign. And that reminds them not to commit a crime. And 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 I, I just said, you know, you can't convince me <laughs> that there's a criminal out there that sees a sign that says you can't have your gun here, and that they they go, oh man, shoot, I gotta go take my gun home. Yeah. You know, that doesn't that doesn't happen. And so that the people get upset a lot of times. That I've got friends who who say, all you guys ever do is deal with guns. You know what? Look, if if you and I want to get a gun illegally. It would take you probably 10, 15, 20 minutes, a <laughs> little right. bit of cash in your pocket, and you can go get a gun wherever you want. There are over 300 million guns in America. <laughs> there are no amount of laws that you can pass that are going to take away the criminal intent, the crazy mind, the person who's become unhinged. They can get a gun and they can do with it whatever they want. So every time we pass a law restricting guns, in effect, we're passing a law that keeps a law-abiding citizen from protecting themselves or loved ones and their property, and and because they're the only ones who obey the law, the criminals don't. So I, I just think I think gun laws. You know what? If if we're going to tell someone they've got to go to all this trouble to get a permit to carry a gun, then let them carry the gun. Yeah. They've proven that they're responsible. And, and again, we look back through the statistics, there's no record of anyone in Tennessee who's had a legally obtained firearm and, and permit, and I, I want to qualify that if they're a permit holder, that has gone off on a shooting spree um, or done anything criminal. So these are very responsible people that, that have gone through these classes. I have no problem with them having guns wherever they go. Yeah, right. Well... I know you want to make this all about guns, but we got to move on to some other. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> but uh, it's got to be hard for you uh, to me. Like you were saying, you know, you're saying no, I'm not going to name this one person, but it's got to be hard when you really like feel passionate about something like this that 
that I mean, it's pretty easy to think about and say, yeah, the criminals are going to have the guns, so let's put everybody on a level playing field that's going to be the, the responsible people. But then when you got people that are like way out in left field that that really just make no sense, and it's just amazing how they even get in there. And, and man, that's got to be frustrating to even try to have, hold a conversation and a debate. But I, but I tell you something that's, that's kind of cool about the Senate, and this is different from the House, but uh, you know, in the Senate, we don't we don't tend to address each other personally on the Senate floor. You know, there's a there's a time honored uh, tradition of the quorum where uh, you know we might be kind of debating over an issue. But for example, I'm I'm here in Memphis, and I'm probably um, near Lee Harris's district who is the minority leader in the Senate. And, you know, I, I don't refer to him on the Senate floor as Senator Harris. I'll refer to him as the, the gentleman from Shelby. And, and there's a lot of, and again, it's very traditional, and, and it, it kind of harkens back to an earlier day when uh, when people would be civil to each That's other, right. I suppose. And, yeah. and it, it is kind of neat. It does keep the emotions from from kind of flaring, but it also challenges you. Uh, you know, a lot of times the emotional arguments uh, arise when people are struggling to make the intellectual argument. You know, when yeah. we get our, our passions uh, inflamed, it's hard sometimes to think straight and, and present a cogent argument about why something should or shouldn't be because we've just gotten too emotional about it. And, and the thing I like about it is it, it helps us, I think, uh, keep the emotion out of it and focus on the merits of the argument. And there's a time to to beat on the pulpit and, you know, climb up on the soapbox and beat on the pulpit and, 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 and go for it. And then there are times when, um, you know, we need to, to make the argument. And as a conservative, I am completely convinced that if you can talk to somebody with an open mind, conservatism always has a solution and, and not, not necessarily the Republican Party line. Yeah. But I'm talking about the conservative argument because we do have, you know, not all Republicans are conservative. We right. have a pretty span of, of, you know, who's in the Republican Party. But I think the conservative arguments make the day. And, and, if, and if I can sit down and have a conversation with someone and get them to open their mind, then, you know, if they're willing to consider something, I think that we've got some pretty good answers to a lot of the problems that, that we face. All right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, man, we have a thing we do called the hustling round. We just ask a few questions and you just say whatever pops in your mind. Do you want to do that with us? <laughs> how quick, <laughs> what, how quick do the answers have to be? <laughs> they don't have to be real quick. We'll keep it easy. Right? Is this like a one word answer? <laughs> well, no, not really. You can just pretty much say whatever. <laughs> We're pretty open. Most of our stuff doesn't make any sense anyway. So, well, we'll go ahead and I'll try and make sense of it. <laughs> Do your best with us. We need it. We need some help. How about if you're elected president tomorrow, what's the first thing that you would do? I'd undo a lot of the things that Obama did via executive order. I can't believe that he, he's just, he's operated like a king issuing edicts and there are probably uh, quite a few of those that I would undo. Yeah. That's amazing. That stuff, how that's how he's getting away with that stuff. It's and and I'll I'll tell you two other things. I, I would I would push hard for a balanced budget amendment to the United States Constitution. That's one thing we do in Tennessee is we're constitutionally mandated 
to balance our budget. I don't see any downside of that. And and the other is, and this is this is uh, crazy. But this is one of these behind the scenes things that people don't know about. In Tennessee, when you uh, create an organization or a body or a commission or a board or whatever it is, they have to come back to the general assembly and get their rules approved, and that keeps them from from becoming a runaway agency like on the federal level, the EPA. The EPA has become a runaway agency. They create their own rules. They've gotten outside of of the authority that they were given by Congress, and they don't have to go back. Whenever they change your rules, they don't have to go back to Congress and get them approved. That's something that I would try and change because that's one of the things that's kept Tennessee with low taxes, with, um, you know, the government staying out of our stuff and, and really being in the place where it needs to be. And that's a change in Washington. If they had to do that, then a lot of these agencies that have just gone crazy in their missions, you know, gone overboard on their missions, yeah. they would get reined back in. Yeah, they're going crazy, spending money and doing whatever they want to do, and no one's no oversight. It's ridiculous. All right, you got to pick somebody for the next president. You got Hillary Clinton, Jeb Bush, uh... Ted Cruz or Johnny Knoxville? <laughs> Out of that crowd, I, I'd be tempted to say Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> I, I, um, hey, we'll throw, I like, uh, out of the ones you mentioned, I like Cruz the best. We could throw Rand Paul uh, in there. Yeah, I, I, I like, I like both Rand Paul and, and Ted Cruz. I, the thing, the thing is, we've got to have a, a statesman. And, um, you know, Ted Cruz and Rand Paul are, are firebrands. They're the guys who you need standing up, beating on the bully pulpit, moving people to the right. We yeah. need them. Those are, those are necessary people. Uh, are they, are they people who need to be in the Oval Office? I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. I have to tell you, I'm not excited about anybody yet. And and the person yeah. I probably would get the most excited about is Ben Carson. Oh yeah, but it's really hard to yeah. see someone who's a newcomer uh, come onto the scene and 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 be able to um, get their way into office when there's yeah. there you know other candidates that are better known or better funded or Obama or did it, what have you. Well, uh, I tell you what, when when Ben Carson stood up at that prayer breakfast a couple of years ago, a few feet away from Obama, and just Said it the way it was. Wow! I mean, he 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 knocked the socks off of a lot of people. He he absolutely stepped up to the plate and hit a grand slam home run, and he's done that quite quite a bit. But he's yeah. also had some missteps along the way because he's new uh, politically. We live in a twenty four seven news cycle. You yeah. have to be it's careful human. what you say. You have to <laughs> to think through your positions yeah. uh, before you open your mouth. And and he's made some rookie mistakes, but. Um, he he sure he sure has a lot of common sense, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I like Ben Carson. So, if you can give us his phone number real quick, we'll go ahead and try to schedule him on here. Uh, you know what? I I I do know this about Ben Carson. This is kind of cool too. He's got some guy in Texas, I think, who is kind of running things. He's not a political operative. He's like a CEO of a, a corporation. I read I read an article in the National Review a few months ago that had the guy's name and kind of told about how he was structuring his campaign. I don't recall now what the guy's name is, but um, I thought about, you know, at, at some point in time, we we have a, a fundraiser 
something that we're trying to do put together for the fall, and I thought he'd be a good one to come and speak. And then um, yeah. Reed Hardman University had him speak. Uh, I don't know, it's probably been two months ago now. And and from what people said, he just did an absolutely outstanding job. So anyway, yeah, I, I'd right. like to learn more about him. Yeah. All right, you got to pick one person. You're stranded on a deserted island. You get Ted Nugent, Al Sharpton, uh, Kanye West, or Shepard Smith. Uh, I, I, I would, well, I would prefer to say none of the above and pick my wife, but if I can't do that, <laughs> I'd pick Ted Nugent. So, how about that? We'll make her your first choice, and if that's not possible, you get Ted. At least you can eat good with Ted's there. <laughs> You know, with, with Ted, the good thing about Ted is I have a feeling that uh, if we're stranded on a deserted island someplace, he probably knows how to hunt and fish, and I'm not sure about the others. <laughs> That's it. If you had Al Sharpton there, you could laugh the whole time at all his comedy. <laughs> I, I like he calls that politics. <laughs> yeah, hey, but look at it. It would be better with Ted Nugent. We could both sit there and laugh at all the other people that we left behind. So that would uh, that might work out fine. How about your favorite Kardashian? Who? Your favorite Kardashian. Who? <laughs> Just kidding. I, 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 I refuse to even pay attention to them. They, their 15 minutes of fame uh, should never, the clock should never have started ticking on them. What's wrong with America that we're so fascinated by that family? I mean, I, I, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Bruce Schinner was an inspiration and a hero. Uh, during his his um, time in the Olympics, and then of course he kind of dropped off the radar screen. And when he when he came back into the public eye, I just thought, "What has happened to America? <laughs> if, if this is a sign of things to come, then then we're in big trouble." Uh, and and you know what? They're just a gift that keeps giving every time you turn <laughs> on the TV. It's just something more outrageous than uh, than what you heard before. Uh, so yeah, I I uh, I stay away from I stay away from that. I think we are in big trouble. But what about your favorite vacation spot? Um, my favorite vacation spot. Um, I would. I would. Well, can can there be a tie on that? Sure. Can we give a tie. Okay, the tie would be um, Italy, anywhere in Italy, and and I have to explain that I used to have to travel for business, and so. Um, you know, we're not globe trotters or anything like that, but I used to have to travel for business and travel to Italy and, and just love Italy. And my wife would get to go with me and we just have some wonderful memories. But our family members, and this will, uh, will, would be the Redneck Riviera. I mean, we love going down to the Gulf Coast and, and, um, any, any place with, uh, sand and waves that you can take the kids is, uh, is, is a great place. And, yeah. I don't get into the Destin versus Gulf Shores versus anything else. It, it kind of, you know, it's just great to be able to, uh, to, to go to the beach and relax. Yeah, so all of them. That, it would be a tie between those two places. All right. We just got a couple more. What about your favorite thing to do to relax? Um, this is a, there's no tie here. This is an absolute no brainer. Um, anything involving a, tractor or a piece of farm equipment. So whether I'm mowing or whether I'm doing something out in the field, we live on a small farm. That's probably the most relaxing thing I do because I can't hear the phone ring. I can't talk on the phone. I can't text. And, and, um, we have, 
do quite a bit of mowing and, and we have a small hay operation, so I'm getting ready to, uh, to cut and bale hay. So I used to have a joke, any day I get to sit on a tractor, it's a good day. So, right. um, so I'll, I'll take that. I got a ton of stuff to do around here. So whenever you want to come over and relax. <laughs> you know, I'll just say I never have enough relaxation at home. There's always something to do. We live. The other thing is, it's not only a small farm, but it's a 150 year old house. So, oh yeah, anyone that's lived in an old house knows <laughs> yeah. that. No, exactly. Uh, just when you think you've got everything in order, something uh, breaks, or you discover a new problem. So there's always, always something to be done there. It's like that with some of the new houses anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. How about um. If you got to be an instant starter on any sports team, what team would it be and what position do you think you'd want to play? <laughs> wow. Uh, I would say, does that, is that college team or professional? I mean, I've already graduated from college. And yeah, you're I going, to go you're going pro, man. Fantasy or, you're going or, to the top. Or do we start from scratch? You're going pro to the top. Well, just, if just it's got drafted. Pro, I, it, well, if it's college, it would have to be basketball. But I don't like I don't like the NBA. So I suppose <laughs> if I had to pick a pro team, um, I I would probably this is going to be obscure uh, for most people. But if I could pick a professional team uh, to be a superstar, it would be um, bicycle racing. Oh, okay. and I know that's not a very uh, American. Sport, but I was in the bicycle business for many years and loved to watch um, the Tour de France or, or the Giro d'Italia or, or some of the great uh, races that um, uh, over the years. And of course, I'm, I'm too old for that, but I'm also too old to be a quarterback for the Titans. Now, maybe you know, I'd probably be a real hometown hero if I could go be a quarterback for the Titans and, and you know have them win again. But yeah, I'd right. probably pick cycling. So. All right, cool. All right, what about the last one? Your favorite. You know, by the way, that's really a ridiculous question. I don't <laughs> think I'm going to be on any protein doing anything. But... I told you all the questions were ridiculous. We asked you your favorite Kardashian. <laughs> hey, this one's not ridiculous. What's your favorite Nashville podcast? Um, straight hustling, of course. So there, there's no question about that. So. And there you go. That was an easy one to answer. How about that? Yeah. And technically, you are the senator for uh, the, the Tennessee senator for straight hustling <laughs> because the headquarters. Well, you know that's exactly right because since you all are Cheatham County folks, that's uh, that's exactly right. So, and you got that CPA, so maybe you can do our books if we ever make any money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I quit doing that a long time ago. <laughs> uh, I had a friend who who told me one time. He said, "You know, you're." You're the accidental accountant, and I said, "What do you mean by that?" He said, "Well, of all the accountants I know, you don't, you don't uh, have the same personality. You're, you're not the same." And I said, well, "What do you mean by that?" And he said, "He said, well, you just don't act like the normal, the normal accountant." So I don't know if that was a compliment <laughs> or an insult. All right, Kerry. Hey, we wish you the best, man, and uh, have a safe trip picking up your son. Thank you so much for coming on our show, and hopefully. We'll be able to talk to you some other time. It's been a good sport. I appreciate it. We'll be uh, we'll be following you. Do anything we can to well, support you. Keep me accountable. You know that's the important thing. Is is it, it's so important for people to to pay attention to what's going on and make their voices heard and let the legislators know that they're watching and paying attention. And um, you know I'll, I'll I'll say one thing about that. The Republicans have a huge 
huge majority. There are 28 Republicans in the Senate and five Democrats. And, oh, wow. and you know, when you have such a lopsided majority, um, people really need to watch and pay attention because it, it's um, when you have a kind of a divided chamber um, that tends to serve that that purpose. And when you have such a lopsided majority, it's just as important as ever for people to pay attention to what's going on and, and get involved in the process. When when you have a, a big majority, it's easy uh, sure. to kind of over to to not see that stuff because you know typically the minority party will keep an eye out on those things and they scream really loud. And, and the problem that you have right now is if you've got five Democrats screaming really loud about something, how many people are listening? And, and I'm, I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just saying when when you've got a small group of people, you know they can have a press conference and nobody shows up. And yeah. um, so anyway, so. Yeah, we, ne- we we never need to lose our vigilance when it comes to our elected officials. I think we got a good group of people downtown, but but we still need to watch um, because that's you know we we answer to the people and, and we need to never forget that. Yeah, all right, so, that sounds good, man. If you make any mistakes, okay, we well, get you over here cutting our grass. What now? <laughs> so if you make any mistakes, we get you over here with that tractor cutting our grass. <laughs> Talk to you about. Well, it. hey, I like I like doing it. That's for sure. So, all, <laughs> all right, y'all have a great you. day. Thank you, Carrie. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. All right, that's our show today. Senator Kerry Roberts talking about the Senate, Tennessee Senate, doing a lot of cool stuff. Like to talk about guns. We like to talk about guns. That's right. He actually has some common sense on guns, which uh, he seems to think. Let's let the Legitimate gun owners have the same rights as the criminals. Yeah, put everybody in the same play, playing field. Sound like the Tennessee Senate got together. I hadn't paid a whole lot of attention to it. Had a lot of good things to say, and we'll be uh, keeping up with them, watching them in the future, and and uh, see if we can get them over here to help pour some gravel in our yard. One of these tractors on his downtown to relax. Let them relax all day long. <laughs> but tell everybody where they can find our shows, too. Hey, y'all can find these at www.straighthustling.com, S-T-R-H-H-U-S-T-L-I-N.com. Uh, we're on Stitcher, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Oh, good grief, iTunes. I mean, you can find us anywhere. Just search for anything with Straight Hustling, and you should be able to get us. Uh, keep listening. Like our uh, podcast. Uh, leave us some comments so we know what's going on. Buy T-shirts from the website. Leave comments on the website. Man, we want you all to be in touch with us. Yeah, leave us some comments. If you don't want Money Mike to come back, let us know. Somebody's blowing our Twitter up right now. <laughs> all right, we're going to get out of here. If you ain't hustling, you ain't living. Click our link, free munitions down at the bottom of the page. We're out. Says it is last call, but I ain't drink enough to drown a her. Tears should be pouring down, but they're on it out. All this left won't feel this glass. Might have luck and I'm out of cash. Running out of reason she would leave. Took the kids, took her clothes Not so much as a goodbye, no So the whiskey ain't the only thing Running out on me She took the kids, took her clothes Not so much as a goodbye, no No, the whiskey